0: You are listening to the Echo Church podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Hello? Hello? Hello, is this Andy and Christy Cass, pastors of Echo Church? We're here. Perfect. That is phenomenal. Christy? Yeah. I heard that you did a few things this weekend. Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> it was a very bland weekend. We thought we, would, we were bored, so we thought, let's start a church.
0: I mean, pretty much all of us have had that thought before, I'd say. How would one go about doing that?
1: Well, Friday we made the decision, and Sunday we made it happen. <laughs>
0: Andy, was it like 312 days? 303 days?
2: Yeah, I think it was like 308 to 312 days since the day the light bulb and the doors unlocked and relocked on us. Feels like it was super fast
0: and it was forever all at the same time, I
2: think.
1: For sure. It was the fastest year of our life. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I'm serious. It was the fastest year of our life.
2: I agree with Cordy. It was the slowest yet fastest
0: year of our life. So... Take us to yesterday. So, for me, like it was all about finding a moment or finding like something to remember because it like moments like that or big events like that go by so fast and you just like you just forget to forget to take a moment and see what's actually happening. So, I'm curious, like, what was the moment, Christy, for you that you tried to like take in and are going to try to remember?
1: There were so many moments, honestly. Like, for me, my biggest prayer and thing that I kept telling myself was just to be present. And to be able to soak it in where I didn't end the day going, that flew by so fast, I didn't take advantage of the day. but for, I mean, ultimately, when I look back, for sure, when we had our team huddle at 845 in the morning, and I looked around that lobby at a room full of people who have become family to us, and we saw people approaching the school, it just became super real, like this church is for the people, and now we're opening up the doors to them, and we're ready. And It was really special. And then my second moment for sure was walking into the auditorium for the first service and looking around. And there was people, you know, we've known for years and brand new faces. And just the energy in the room and the excitement and the anticipation. I can't even put it into words. It was just, it was what we've dreamed and prayed for.
2: Andy. A few moments for me. One of them was when we pulled up to the school at 6.40, 6.30 a.m. And I pulled the truck up and backed up the trailer and unloaded it. And one person after another on our launch team more or less walked up to me and said, what can I do? What can I do? And there was just such an awesome moment. And then there was this one guy who's kind of been around, but not really a part of the launch team. And he showed up all dressed to the nines to come help us unload. And uh, it was like, and then we took a picture together and he looked like the pastor and I didn't at all. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a real good moment. But I agree. I agree with Christy. Uh, we were out in the lobby, like greeting people as they were just blitzing inside of the lobby. And then Christy and I both kind of entered around the same time. Mm And we came around the corner into the front of the auditorium and I looked up and the whole room is full. And I was like, right now I'm holding my head. I'm like, that's, that's, that's kind of the emotion. The reality is like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> like, just my, my mind was blown that, you know, it's like, I get it. We worked hard and we prepared and we feel like God has been like, you know, ahead of us on, on all of this the same that time walking into that reality and, and seeing it for the first time was just uh, a moment that will be etched in my mind forever.
0: Yeah. It's the combination of a lot of faith and a lot of hard work, like coming together, which is the best mm-hmm. thing when that happens, right. When you, when you match mirror those two and match those up for sure, man,
2: for sure. Well,
1: and I even, I think I had whispered it, We, Annie and I whispered it to each other, but well, in the morning when we woke up and our alarm went off at 5 a.m., you know, and the room was pitch black and we looked at each other, we're like, should we plan a church today? And we're like, okay, sure. (laughs) And then we're in the auditorium and I just had this moment, like, what if we didn't listen to God? Like, because that's the thing. We all have the decision, you know, God can speak to us or we have this dream. And then our head gets in the way or we come up with the reasons why we shouldn't do something or it's just scary. And I just had, I mean, I just the whole day was blown away with, wow, like God knew and the city needed this. And what if we didn't do it, but we did. And so it was just so much celebrating and a hundred percent, the hard work and the faith just colliding. And that's what Echo's based on.
2: Yeah. And I have, I have one more story, one more moment. The second, second hour, you know, the the 1045 service towards the end of the message, uh, obviously, well, it may not be obvious to our listeners, but I created a moment to ask people to respond, to take a step towards God. And it's okay that you might have more questions than answers. And, and and just after you, Cordy, sang that song as you find me. As I was speaking, I found one individual, and I won't name him, but he's an old student of mine uh, from a youth group years back. And the dude has been like since kind of long gone. The church, long gone out out of the church scene. And I remember just directly staring him down, eye contact, uh, mano y mano. And just like I had this moment as I was inviting people to, to really walk into a, a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. I was having this moment uh, internally that I was like, and this church is for him right mm-hmm. there. And uh, after service, I caught up with him and was able to give him a hug. And I said, dude, you saw me staring you down, right? And he goes, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, I planted, we planted this church for you. And uh, it's time, man. It's time. So uh, obviously he, he took that well and we just hope he comes back. And that's, that's uh, one of those, one of the best moments of uh, the time at Echo Church
0: round one. Does anybody want to ask me about my moment or am I just here to ask questions?
1: Cordy, <laughs> <laughs> what was your moment? Tell us.
0: So you might know me from other things besides the podcast. I've been known to play guitar and, and do other things, but the band we were we were we were all sitting over on the side of the auditorium and for those of you who didn't come last week the auditorium at willow creek is uh, really sloped and so the kind of the stage area is at the bottom and then people walk in at the bottom and walk up up to their seats and and we were we were over on the side and the doors were open and we didn't know if like anybody was there or not cuz we hadn't gone out in the auditorium <laughs> or uh excuse me the lobby And so we're just sitting over there just hoping that maybe like, hopefully like 100 people come or 40 people or something. I don't know. We're not sure. Maybe the launch team will be there. But then just to see, to be standing there with no idea what was happening and to see, you know, people start to walk in and then it just didn't stop for like 15 minutes of just people streaming in and every seat filling up. It was just like one of the craziest things that I've ever been a part of just... Mm -hmm it's it's just seeing that come to life was uh insane and in like a moment I'm going to hold dear and as my uh, whoop fitness tracker band um tracked my heart rate <laughs> was elevated during that very special moment and then worship as well if you're looking for a new <laughs> fitness routine, just join the worship band every Sunday. Get a whoop, get a whoop, get band. A
2: whoop band. And at this point, <laughs> let's do a commercial for our <laughs> our, whoop, for our, un- our whoop sponsorship. For
1: our unpaid sponsorship.
2: Whoop, there it is. Oh, whoop, there it is. We are losers. No, Cordy, I mean, just think about it. You know, when when we went live after we had worked behind the scenes to create a website and create a few videos and take some pictures and have an event where we invited a bunch of people kind of like a hidden event. Cause we don't want anybody to know we're planting a church yet. And then we were in your house and we were just kind of huddled up a few of us just in that office of yours. And we prayed and cried together and then went live and just, it's like fast forward, you know, whatever, how many days that was, you know, eight months later to be in that room with you and having you lead worship and having your wife checking in kids and Christy and I preaching and, uh, you know, 150 other people that joined the team in the meanwhile to to plant this amazing church. Man, what a moment. What a moment. All, all And then I just think about it. I mean, it was one, a few moments, we caught during that launch team. But I mean, let's be honest, how many moments did we have in between? Mm-hmm. We had a blast this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it really was. It was the best. It's been
0: such a fun journey. Should people come this Sunday? Like, will it happen again? Are we going to go set it up again? Or, <laughs> or is, was that it, do you think?
2: Oh, man, I, I, I think when Christy and I walk in from the lobby, get, getting into the first service, I think we'll have that moment again, yeah. to be honest. You know, they'll be like, "Oh, thank God they sh- they showed <laughs> up again. <laughs>
0: they came back." So we're gonna play the the message here for folks. We thought we'd have a little pre ramble. Super good message. It was a great welcome, and you're gonna continue on here for the next few weeks, kind of in this series, just to introduce everything for folks. Quick overview. What's the series? What are people gonna hear in the next the next three weeks? I'm
2: super excited about the next weeks. The first the first week was we are the echoes and for the next six to seven weeks we're just going to talk about echo values who we are as a church and what we want to be and and what we want to accomplish uh, in rochester in relationships and community and and um man there's just a lot so much to unpack and really honestly how i feel so little time to do it so i'm excited about these podcasts in order to show what was spoken on Sundays, but then also hopefully eventually get to the point where we do some of those deeper dives and be able to kind of even talk more about some of these subjects. Awesome. Great work, guys. Your
0: commitment and your preparation, your 20-hour work days is much appreciated by everyone and is obvious in everything that uh, that we've experienced so far. So let's dive in.
1: said something, you know, like made a commitment, like I'm going to do this. And then you realize, whoa, that's easier said than done. Like maybe you signed up for something and you're like, what am I getting myself into? That is us with Echo Church. About 300 some odd days ago, Andy and I, through a series of intense conversations of just, God, what are we doing next with our life? Thinking we were going to set out and do something totally different. And that didn't happen. And it became very apparent to us that we were supposed to start Echo Church. And if I can just be completely transparent and honest with you guys this morning, it was a lot easier said than done. Uh,
2: anybody relate?
1: Anybody relate. Anybody planted
2: a church recently? Yeah, they, anybody? They yes. Okay. We
1: got a couple people here. Double. But um, no, in all honesty, we could not do this today, like, by ourselves. And so we just want to honor a couple people right off the bat. Yep. We want to honor our family. You just met our daughters. We want to honor our mom and dad. Our parents are amazing, and they are our life sponsors. We love mom and dad. Yeah, we're sponsored by
2: mom. Anybody else sponsored by mom? Yes. Any students going to college? Yeah, come on. Yes.
1: We also could not do this without our ridiculously awesome launch team. Yes. Can we clap for the launch team? Let's hear for the
2: launch team.
1: There is 150 adults in this building, serving in the parking lot, in the kids' wing, in this room, everywhere, making this happen, making this experience the best possible. And we have been so humbled with new friends and old friends that have joined this journey with us and have just like, yes, let's do this, raising their hand and saying, I'll do what you want me to do. And so it's been really cool seeing you guys step out of your box and just live for something bigger. And so we wanna honor you today. We also could not do this, you know, when we looked at each other and said, okay, we're gonna start a church, now what? Immediately that came over us and we could not do it without amazing mentors We have some pastor friends here today, and we just want to honor you guys. We are a part of this awesome network called ARC, and they are a phenomenal organization that has, basically they help us, they teach us how do you start a church, and they walk us through, and they're a guide, but they're more importantly, they're a phone call, email, you know, Skype session away from just being available, answering our questions, and so we want to say thank you, ARC, thank you, AG, and just thank you for being cheerleaders. We we have Jeff here. Thank you, Jeff. Bogleys, Khaleesas, we love you guys. And so thank you for sacrificing your day and coming here to celebrate with us. Let's let's hear it
2: up for our mentors, accountability.
1: So some of you do not know us. So Annie and I, we like to say we're real, we're authentic. So we just thought, let's break some ice here. Are you guys ready? You
2: don't know us and we don't know most of you. So can we have a moment of confession in here? And can we have a little fun? Okay, it's okay to laugh at Echo, okay? Courtesy laugh, please. Yep,
1: there it is. Very okay, dry up. humor. Let's check Make it. him feel better. It's Let's, let's go
2: back to the concept of easier said than done. What are yes. some of those things?
1: How about saying yes to going to church on a Sunday morning? Easier said than easier done. Easier
2: said than done. Anybody relate?
1: How about getting along with your family on the way to church ah. this morning? Never, <laughs> never. Christy and
2: I got along so well today on the way to church because we drove separate cars.
1: Two cars. <laughs> and our kids were at my mom and dad's.
2: Oh, it was great. So, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, great. That, was, that, that really helped, actually. Yes.
1: It was. It was good. Anybody
2: else want to pick our kids up on Sunday mornings?
1: How about parenting? Easier said than done. I want to be a parent. Let's take it a step further. A good parent, because that's something I'm seeking. Uh, You know, patient, loving, kind, compassionate parent. Easier said than done. Another one. How about sticking to the budget? You know, Andy and I, we've had these inspirational talks. We were in, like, a Dave Ramsey Bible study, and we were early married. If you've listened to his radio show. And then I'm, like, all in, and then Monday comes. Or Mocha Drive-Thru. <laughs> or Target Dollar Bin. Sticking can, can to a budget. Continue, continue. Okay, I'll keep going.
2: No, I'm saying, like, there's anything oh, you see. Oh, you want me see. to keep confessing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> How about taking your kids to a public bathroom? Oh. Disgusting. Easier said than done. No? Okay. So true. So true. So when Andy and I were dating, he thought it would be super awesome to teach me how to drive a stick shift car from Forest Lake to Duluth. We hit Duluth. It's kind of a hilly city, a little bit. Very hilly, like San Francisco. And I just got to say that, oh, I can learn to drive stick shift was definitely easier said than done. Who in this room does not know how to drive a stick shift? See? I'm not the only one. Thank you. Start
2: on a gravel road. So
1: then... Andy gets the idea. No, in a busy street. Andy and don't gets the go idea. To We're newlyweds. We need a car. He's driving at the time a white 1994 Honda Civic with a five-speed, and that was the one I said, nope, not driving. So I say I want a cool car. We don't have kids. I deserve. I mean, five thousand-dollar budget, Back to the budget. Cool. Five thousand dollars. So I say I want a red Jetta or a red Bug. There are standards, criteria. So Andy says, "Chrissy, I found the perfect car. It's a red Jetta. I'm like, done, go buy it. He says, well, it's stick shift. So that means both of our vehicles are five speed. And he says to me, you have no choice but to learn. I'm like, I got it. Can I just say it was easier said than done? That I killed it on a lot of intersections. We were in youth ministry at the time. There was definitely teenagers getting, you know, like the little whiplash. It was a good time. But that was easier said than done. But on a serious note, I think that faith, having faith in God, having faith through all circumstances can be a lot easier said than done too. Well, I'm going to have faith in that or I'm going to forgive that person. And I know for my life, what has happened to me and what I've seen is I can have these moments and then of God speaking to me, encouraging me, and then it's the way I respond. But one thing that I have learned about faith is that it's the action of taking one step ahead of the other, one step at a time, every single day. And sometimes we have more questions than answers. Do you guys agree? And so Andy's going to unpack that a little bit this morning.
2: What we're trying to tell you is, is this, is being a Christian, putting Jesus at the center of your life, following Jesus, is easier said than done. And I think some churches, I think, I think uh, honestly, if I'm being realistic, like I as a pastor have presented maybe a different idea at time with just kind of some confidence or, and just like I've got this all figured out. But what I've realized is this one thing, is the more I follow Jesus, the more I pursue God, I have more questions than I have answers, And we think faith is quite a bit like that. It's about the commitment to take one step in front of another, and it's okay to have more questions than there are answers. And so what I want to do today is just take a few moments and kind of talk about some of the questions that people were asking Jesus in his day. And so if you have your Bible, would you open up to Luke chapter 10? At the same time, just go ahead and prepare to open up to Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament. It's one of the first five books of the Bible into chapter six. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. An expert of the law. In my rendition, it says the Torah. Just to give you a little heads up, I'm a geek. I'm a Bible geek. I just, I love different translations. And one of the Bible translations that I read And honestly, I read all the time is the Jewish, the complete Jewish version. And so when you come here on Sundays and I'm reading something that you've never read before, or it's just totally different, then you might need to go onto your Bible app and find that version and just kind of know where I'm coming from. And we'll try to put that version on the screen. Uh, But don't be surprised when it's not exactly like yours. A little bit different rendition. An expert of the Torah, the law, stood up to try to trap Jesus... And he said this, Rabbi, what should I do to obtain eternal life? But Jesus said to him, what is written in the Torah? He asked a question back. And Jesus asked another, how how do you read the law? How do you read your scriptures? In which the teacher of the law said, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and all of your understanding, and also love your neighbor as yourself. In which Jesus replied back, this is the right answer. Do this and you will have life. I think a lot of times we stop right there because it's at the end of the paragraph. But if you continue and kind of follow the direction that this man who's trying to trick Jesus is, is going, I think we see a picture into his heart. Because in verse 29 he says, this is the teacher of the law says, wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus... Who is my neighbor? He had questions. In fact, when he was hearing Jesus, he had way more questions than he had answers. And he was on a pursuit, even though it might have been ill intended or with an ill intent, he was going to ask Jesus questions no matter what. And if I were going, if I was going to try to paraphrase what I think the scriptures are trying to tell us and try to teach us, it would be this, that Jesus should be at the center of your life. That God should be at the center of your life. Can I tell you something about Echo Church? Echo Church strives to keep Jesus at its center. Okay, I'm going to say that again, and that deserved an amen. Okay, let's try that again, okay? Echo Church strives to keep Jesus at it's center. Amen. This is the type of church you've been looking for. This is the church that we want to be. We don't want Jesus to be a second thought. We don't want him to be an idea, and we don't want him to be a past story. Can I hear an amen? amen. We want Jesus to be our everything. He, we want him to be the reason we exist, and Jesus is our hope. Can I hear an amen? amen. That's, um, that's what I'm talking about. But how do we do that? How do we get to that place? How do we put Jesus at really the throne of our life? It's quite honestly easier said than done. And I sense that there are a number of you, if not all of us, that we would just admit we're not quite there. So how do I put Jesus at the center? In order to answer that, I think we got to open up to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And so if you have your Bible or if you have your app, go ahead and turn to the the beginnings of Scripture, and we'll eventually get there. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, it says this. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your being, and all of your resources. Now let me just pause. The teacher of the law was quoting this reference when he was trying to trick and he was trying to trap and he was trying to justify oneself in the midst and the presence of God. So let me reread that with that in mind. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being, and all your resources. These words which I am ordering you today are to be on your hearts. And when you teach them carefully to your children, you are to talk about them also when you sit at home and when you're traveling on the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. And then also, and I find this absolutely fascinating, tie them to your hand as hands as signs, and put them on the your headband around your forehead, and write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Even though we don't read in the Luke reference the depth of this teaching, I believe that Jesus saying, Yeah, if you do this, you will have life to the full. I think this is a practical application for us to begin to apply to our life so that Jesus begins to be the center of our life in the most simplistic way as i read in the scripture and in my opinion as i feel maybe the leading of the holy spirit and what god is whispering to me if we're going to put jesus at the center of our life then what we need to do is include and invite jesus everywhere with everyone and with everything i must say that again cuz i don't want you to forget it if you want jesus at the center of your life Then include Jesus and invite Jesus everywhere, with everyone, and with everything. Thank you for that, amen. Let's talk about everywhere. Where do I get this from? In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, it says this. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your being, and all your resources. Let's talk about your heart. I believe everywhere is these three specific locations. I believe it's in your head. It's in your thinking. It's in your thoughts. It's in your ideas. I believe that there's some analytical people in here that is simply so difficult to put your faith in Jesus because your mind gets in the way. On the flip side, I believe that there are individuals here that your heart is the hardest thing to give to Jesus. It's the hardest thing to surrender to God because you're passionate and you've got certain and strong attitudes and that's an area in your life that it's hard to, and and you sometimes hold it back from God. And then I also believe the place that we're supposed to include and invite Jesus is even in the works of our hands. That everything we do Our actions, what we create, is to reflect back what Jesus has done in our life. We are to invite and to include Jesus with your head, your heart, and your hands. I also believe that we're supposed to include Jesus with everyone. I think that reference where he talks about we're supposed to teach them carefully to your children, but you're also supposed to talk about them when you sit at home and when you're traveling along the road. I think that reference, and it's easy to, to see this, that Jesus wants us to invite him and God in the midst of our children and to the people that we invite into our homes. But I also think is when we're, a ho- when we're being hosted, when we are guests in a foreign land or a foreign culture, that we're supposed to include Jesus there. If we flip back to the reference to Luke, The teacher of the Torah, the law, he he says to Jesus, "But who is my neighbor?" You know what Jesus go uh, what he does after that? He shares the story of the Good Samaritan, in which I don't have time to go through that, but I'll tell you this: it's a story that simply states this that we are to even love our neighbor. So if we're going to put Jesus at the center of our life, if this church is going to be the church that God has called us to be, then we've got to include and invite Jesus and the people that we love the most. And quite honestly, we do not like at all. If we're going to include Jesus there, if we're going to invite him there, it's going to take us loving our family and yet loving the foreigner. And then finally, with everything. When you lie down and when you get up. And then they said this, tie them on your hands as signs, as reminders. Put them on the front of your headband, your sweatbands at the gym. And around your forehead and write them on the door frames of your houses, on your gates. I think it's easy to duck this concept. Jesus wants to be even in the midst of our wants. Let's talk about jewelry. What do we put around our wrists? What do we put around our headbands? What do we wear? It's jewelry, even in our desires, our wants, the things that are not necessary. Jesus even wants to be invited there. I also believe that, that in the reference to the home and inviting Jesus there is simply saying, even in our necessities, Jesus could be there. And then lastly, when it b- brings up the reference to the gates, I think it's hard to even trust Jesus in our securities—that was the story of Christi and I's life. We loved our secure box that we placed ourselves in, and we even allowed a lid to come down upon our dreams and our hopes. And I just sense that there's someone here at the ten forty-five hour that needs to hear that God wants to unlid, and He wants to unleash. Your calling and your purpose, but will we allow God to even be in our securities? Will we put our hope and our future, our calling, our job, even in those spaces? Would we allow Jesus? Can I hear an amen? Amen. So we want to include, invite Jesus everywhere with everyone and with everything. But many of us will never get to this place. Everybody like, Andy, you are so uplifting. But let me tell you why. Because we do exactly what the teacher of the Torah or of the law is trying to do. We trick ourselves by beginning to justify our actions. So, some of us, we are just in, entrenched in this idea of tricking and justifying ourselves. But if we're going to surrender to God, we've got to lay aside our justifying and really, truly receive the gift of Jesus Christ and what he offers. The second thing is this I think some of us, we simply just feel trapped, we feel un, unable. We feel like there are some realities in our life and our situ- and situations that simply are just roadblocks in front of us in order to stop us from God. I also think that there's some of us that just simply have a billion different excuses. And if we're going to surrender to Jesus, if we're going to put him at the center of this church and ourself, we've got to lay aside the tricking and the justifying and even begin to believe that no matter how trapped we feel, that there's an answer through the salvation work of Jesus Christ. The good news is it sounds like this is all about us, and this is all about our work, but I want to tell you it isn't. It's about what Jesus did on the cross. It's why he came to this earth. If you're a student of God's word and and the New Testament and the Gospels, what you see is this is that Jesus walks into the center of cities and he heals people. But a lot of those people could only go so far. And it took a few individuals like you to help that person, the person that was crippled, the person that was lame, the person that had excuses, the person that dealt with a blood issue for 20 years. It took a little bit more. But the fascinating thing is this, is that Jesus took the final step to them. An Echo Church just about a month ago had the greatest opportunity to help a young girl that could only go so far. And we had the opportunity to step in and to bring Jesus a hope and honestly a healing opportunity for her to have a better now and a better forever. Amen. Check this video. Hey, we're standing out here in front of Lim Lab with the owner, Brandon Sampson, and we're super excited to partner with them and what they're doing today. Brandon, you want to show us? Come we'll on inside. Let's do it. Just take a moment here and tell me about how LimLab lab foundation started.
3: Yeah so shortly after we formed LimLab lab uh, six years ago we had a connection to Negril Jamaica and we went down there to help a few people with artificial limbs and we immediately saw this huge need and so we came back home and we started putting in place a plan that would allow us to go back to Negril multiple times and help people. So it's uh, developed into a local and global outreach.
2: Tell me a little
3: bit about Rashika and her story. After our first trip to Negril, we heard about this little girl that was trying to get to see us. Some of the locals in the grill reached out to us saying, hey, there's this little girl. She hasn't had a prosthesis. Would you guys be willing to help? And so her very first time out of Jamaica was on a plane with her mom here to Rochester. And we helped her and made her a limb uh, right here in Rochester. And now she's back again, thanks to you guys. what happened to your leg? Because I was running, mm-hmm. and when I was running, I hit my leg on the grill. I started to feel pain. Mm-hmm. And then I told my mommy, um, it was like little getting big. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was swollen?
3: It was- um, they said it had to cut this off. My mommy was going to cry. I said, don't cry, because everything's going to be OK. So until that, now i ending up here. So with kids, you have to keep uh, raising the height of the prosthesis, and other things change too. So she flew in a couple of days ago, and I casted her limb. She's grown about uh, eight inches since we made her first prosthesis. We modified a socket. We fit her with a prototype yesterday, and today we'll be laminating her final socket.
2: It's awesome. And I think quite—I I actually just reminds me of what Jesus did. He mm-hmm. would go into the center of the city, and you know, and he would literally help people walk. Yeah. And yes, it's a miracle, but you're in the business of making miracles happen. And so that's why it's so easy for Echo to get behind you. Because I think you walk into a city, into the heart of the city of Rochester or New Grill, and you can go in there and you give them the opportunity for a better present. And for sure a better future an opportunity for them to be a functioning member of that society so thanks
3: man for what you're doing yeah it's such a pleasure to see the smiles on people's faces it's about offering just some bit of hope you know that they're going to be able to go and, and walk with their friends ride their bike it's a really important part of, of owning a business to be able to give back in that way and it, it just everybody here at Limlab lab is so grateful for your support to let us uh, do what we do. Thanks, man. Thanks for what you're doing. You bet.
2: I sense that some of you walked into this place today, all of us for the first time, you might have felt far from God, and the song that Cordy just sang is extremely relatable. That some of you would agree with me that surrender is easier said than done. Like I said, I feel like some of you, you you have a million and one excuses why you can't surrender. Some of you 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 have everything you need. Because you everything you you have everything you need, you don't need God. And then there's some of you that you have legitimate hurdles. They're holding you back from God. And no matter if you're one of those three people, I just want to tell you this one thing, that Jesus finds you as you are. That he loves you as you are. You don't need to make Jesus the center of your life for him to walk to the center and say, come follow me. So what I want to do is I want you to stand up, and I want us to pray this song, to make this our prayer, and say, Jesus, no matter how we came in here, we surrender to you, no matter if it's easier said than done.
0: Oh, i oh.
2: Some of you have prayed a prayer similar to how this song is written. But I believe that there's some of you who've never prayed a prayer like that ever. And what I want to do together as Echo is I want to collectively pray with those people that have never prayed like that before. And then tomorrow, I want you to pray this prayer again because surrender is a daily occurrence. Accepting Jesus and his salvation is instantaneous, but his redemption and his restoration will take a lifetime. And it takes a prayer like this. In a moment like this, say Jesus have me so church no matter if you prayed this for the very first time or if you've done this a million times can we say this all out loud can you repeat after me are you ready Jesus I surrender I have more questions than I have answers but I choose to follow you anyway I acknowledge that you live that you died and you rose again with us in mind and I accept the rescue that you offer save me lead me Jesus be the center of my life in Jesus name and his authority would you shout amen Amen. can we celebrate with those who prayed that prayer for the very first time welcome welcome
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Echo Church podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a second to share it with a friend or family member who might need to hear this word today. And if you're feeling alone, lost, have a question, or want help with anything, please reach out to us. We are the echo slash contact. We would love to help you no matter who you are or where you're at. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more, make sure to head over to that website, wearetheecho.church, to get all the details and upcoming services and events. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit
2: Publish Productions.